Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This week at the Commission on the Emergencies Act, the developments that have taken place, the perspective of the Canadian Civil Liberties Association, and joining us, as uh, she has in the past, is Kara Weibel. She's a lawyer and director of the CCLA's Fundamental Freedoms Program. Ms. Weibel, how are you today? I'm fine. How are you? I'm well. What was the week like? How do you assess? Just a, if I can ask you to begin with a conclusion, what was the week like? Um, I, I think there were, um, you know, lots of interesting um, bits of evidence coming out. Certainly not one um, consistent <laughs> narrative. There was definitely, you know, uh, I think all of the witnesses that testified, many of whom were, you know, in meetings together and involved in the same discussions, might have come away with with some different, um, you know, different impressions um, as as people do. So um, there isn't one sort of clear, uh, you know, narrative coming coming out. Um, the the week ended with testimony from the former chief of police, Peter Slowly, and he will continue to give evidence on Monday. Um, and he's certainly been the subject of a lot of, um, I guess, criticism, I would say, from many of the other witnesses. I thought that he, um, you know, my perspective was that he um, explained quite a lot um, while he was, was testifying. And, um, uh, you know, but that's just just as these events are sort of subject to, you know, different perspectives, I have a feeling that that, that perspective is not universally shared. Mm-hmm. What about the testimony, or at least uh, the, yeah, it was testimony, about the exchange or the understanding of an exchange between the commissioner of the Ontario Provincial Police and the commissioner of the RCMP with Brenda Lucky musing about dressing Canadian Armed Forces members in RCMP uniforms to assist police? What do you make of that? Yeah, um, I'm not quite sure what, what to make of it. I think, you know, right now we've just sort of seen that exchange, but um, and, and obviously heard of it from from Commissioner Karik, but um, we will eventually be hearing from uh, Commissioner Lucky, so we'll, I think that we'll have to see, um, we'll have to explore that a bit. that concerning to you, though? Certainly, yeah. I mean, there's there's no shortage of things in this whole um, you know, this whole situation that are that are concerning. Um, I think it's it's pretty clear everyone involved was um, you know trying to throw anything they could at this and figure out how to how to address it. Um, but um, yeah, some, sometimes some of the ideas tossed out are, are a bit mm-hmm. more concerning than others. Sort of a terrible analogy, I suppose. But in sports, you draw up the play. Before you engage, not after it's failed, or, well, if it fails. Anyway, let me ask you, um, has anything happened in the last two weeks, anything, to change your view and the view of the Canadian Civil Liberties Association about the invoking of the Emergencies Act by Mr. Trudeau? Because you've told us previously, unconstitutional and, should I say, illegal? Unlawful, I would say, um, not not meeting the thresholds that we say that the the act requires. Um, and no, I don't think we've heard anything that has changed that assessment. I mean, in part, it's because we haven't heard anything yet from those responsible for um, for making that determination. Right? We will eventually hear from federal government ministers um, and deputy ministers who were involved. We'll also hear, I think, a bit more about um, what kind of law enforcement communication made their way to, to government. So, you know, uh, the, 
what, what was the RCMP communicating to the federal government? Um, so, so that will be important evidence, but you know, most of the evidence to date is not really related to that decision about invoking the act. It's, um, I think some of the, the witnesses have very clearly said, you know, this was helpful to us. It gave us tools that um, that were sort of more obvious that we could show to protesters and say, look, this is, you know, this is the, this is the state of things right now. Um, but many, many, if not all, of the police witnesses have said that those powers were helpful, but um, not necessary that they would have been able to accomplish what they accomplished without those tools. Okay, now the Premier of Ontario and the Deputy Premier refused to comply with the summons from the Commission to appear. Mr. Ford is claiming parliamentary privilege. What's your sense of what's going to happen when a judge hears this? Um, you know, I don't know. The privilege is strong, um, there are, you know, and there are good reasons why it exists. Um, at the same time, the, the circumstances here are a bit exceptional in that um, not only is, um, is this the first time the Act's ever been used, the first time we've had an inquiry related to the use of the Act, um, but there is a tight timeline. So, the, you know, the idea behind the privilege is that um, we're not going to disturb um, uh, members of Parliament while Parliament is in session. I'm not going to interfere with that. Um I think given that, um, you know, the commission doesn't have the luxury of, of waiting until the session is over. They, they have a deadline. Um, there is, I think, good, you know, good reason for, I mean, I think, you know, it, it's the right thing to do for the premier to waive that privilege. Um, but as, as far as what the courts will say, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I'm, I'm hopeful, but I know that um, you know many in the legal community have said this is this is a very strong privilege. Um, but like I said, there are some exceptional circumstances. This is also not you know this is not a court. Um, so sometimes with privilege issues, there's the concern about you know uh, the judicial branch sort of being um, taking paramountcy over the, the the legislative branch. That's not the situation here. This is not a court that can make any findings of liability. Um, this is a you know an inquiry that's exploring, yeah. that looking for information, and the premier uh, and deputy premier have uh, they have information that is useful to. Well, would you would you agree with me if I were to say that the premier appearing before the commission would be ultimately in the national public interest? Absolutely, I, I don't think there's any doubt uh, in the public interest. I think um, you know the. the Residents of uh, of the province deserve to hear from their premier about um, about what happened. Um, you know this idea that um, you know it, it was a policing matter. Um, you know I think some of the evidence that has already come out has shown that the the government of Ontario, the political branch, was um, was willing to engage uh, in in things going on in Windsor because of the economic impact exactly. there. Um, and didn't have the same interest in engaging in Ottawa. So I think that, you know, people deserve answers about that. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 